Hey everyone, I'm Renee Bennett. Consider me the girl next door, having conversations that will help challenge and shape your worldview in a culture that has turned our moral compass upside down and inside out. To chat with me further, come join me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. No topics are off limits. I'm really glad you're here. Now, on to today's episode. Hello guys, how are you? Welcome to episode 221. It is Parenthood Friday. If you're listening in real time, it is Friday. So happy weekend to you. I hope you've got some nice weekend plans. If you're living in Australia, we are uh, going into summer and so it's getting rather hot where we're living, which is kind of nice. So anyway, today we are going to talk about something that um, clearly is going to, or has to do with little children, and that is ditching the dummy and other props that you might uh, have found have wheedled their way into your child's life. Clearly, this one's not for older children or teenagers, unless, of course, your child is uh, maybe still sucking their fingers. I know. Do you know what? Okay. Vulnerable moment. I sucked my fingers for ages, my thumb. I think I sucked my thumb till I was about like 11. That's mortifying. But hey, guys, I needed comfort, okay? I was going through my my parents' tumultuous divorce. That's probably why, which is probably a conversation to be had, right? So even today, you know, I'm talking about ditching the dummy and other things like thumb sucking, but take everything in context, guys. You know, you might have a child that's going through something really emotional and they're finding comfort in it. And I think that was my situation. There you go. I did not plan on saying that. But anyway, Let's just, um, I'm mostly today talking about just, you know, not, not children like me, okay, who were going through stuff, but, um, you know, just uh, our babies that we tend to give dummies to or other kinds of things. So we're going to go through a few sleep, not sleep props, we're going to go through a few um, comfort, they're more like comfort props today. Um, but before I want to talk to you about that and, you know, is there a right or wrong? Is there a good age or a better age to try and wean them from these things? How can we go about weaning? But before we talk about that, about helping our little ones to let go of these things, I've got to address the big elephant in the room, guys. And that is that we as mum and dad, particularly mum, we have to be able to let go first. So why don't we start there? Now, to be honest, I think you would mostly agree with me that dads probably find this whole letting go thing a lot easier than us mums do. We find it hard to let go. I know I did um, for a couple of reasons. Firstly, it is super cute, right? You look at your little one and you're like, they're so cute when they're sucking their dummy or they're holding on to a blanket or they're sucking their fingers. It's kind of super cute, right? Because they're our babies and we don't want them to grow up. And it also is hard, and I did find this hard, to let go of one season and to move on to the next, especially with your last child. I think when you have um, your first, uh, for those uh, of us that have more than one child, with your first, you kind of know that you're going to do it again. But when it's your last child, you're like, no, this is my last baby. And you kind of hold on to each season. And you know, it is completely understandable. We have this little human who is fully dependent on us, but they're really fully dependent for such a short time. And we really seem to spend the rest of their lives and our lives letting go so that they can grow up. 
It might be a dummy today, but tomorrow it's letting them go to kindy or it's their first day of school or their first day of school camp, uh, the first day of high school. And I'm telling you guys, before you know it, it's their first day behind the wheel of a car. It really does just go in the blink of an eye. It moves at lightning speed, especially for us mummers. And, you know, we love a season and we find that hard to let go of. So I want to give you a little bit of perspective on that. It is actually okay to, I don't know if grieve is too strong of a word, but I'm going to use it anyway, but it's okay to grieve all the little things like weaning them off a dummy. I get it. I understand. But as long as in that process of us having our little moment that we don't stop those processes from happening because it's to the benefit of our child that we, we let those processes happen. You know, letting go, for example, of a dummy, it's actually as good for us as it is for them because we're allowing and encouraging a natural process, which is the process of them growing up. It has to happen. And to be honest, I see a lot of young adults who haven't fully grown up. And, um, you know, and so as parents, it's our job right from the start. I mean, I mean, the first thing might be a dummy, but the whole way along the line, we have to encourage our kids. We've got to let go so that they can let go. Uh, we almost have to, you know, kick them out the nest, so to speak, and, um, and teach them. It has to happen, this developmental process so that they can grow into adulthood as fully functioning, responsible adults. So holding on to a, dum- a dummy for that extra six months or 12 months is not doing them a favor. It's actually our job to help them, allow them, and even push them to grow up, okay? It's a good thing. All right, so now that we've got that out the way, and by the way, I'm hearing you, okay? Because I know for, for me, Cameron was much better in this area than I was. Now, there can be several forms of comfort that we use other than a dummy, So, of course, there's thumb sucking. It could be like stroking a blanket or carrying around a blanket. There's even uh, children who um, do like head banging or, or head rocking. One of my kids did that. When I and my one of my children literally did this from I remember walking in when he okay it's one of the boys was only a few weeks old and I walked in and there he is all swaddled up and wrapped up. And he was like throwing his head from side to side, side to side. And I was like, what the heck's going on? And he did that for years. We knew when he was about to fall asleep because he'd start rocking his head. The whole bed would rock. Was so I remember just thinking, what the heck's going on? But a lot of kids use that um, for comfort. If your child is one of those, a headbanger body or body rocking, um, it is actually, they say that 20% of children do that as like a comfort thing to put themselves to sleep. They do grow out of it. You don't really have to kind of stop them. <laughs> I mean, you can't anyway. Otherwise, you'd be laying there with them all night holding their heads still. So I'm talking more about other forms like, you know, your thumb sucking, your dummies, your blanket. Now, this is the thing. If you've used any of these as a sleep prop, that's probably where it becomes a little bit trickier because it's really easy then to become a slave to that thing, okay? Because what happens if they can't go to sleep without one of those things, without, you know, without the dummy in the mouth or um, whatever it is, then we've created a tricky situation for ourselves because what about when the dummy falls out? Or what about when, you know, I mean, I know uh, one of my kids had this little lamby that he loved 
and he left it behind on a plane. He was devastated. Um, and so we've just got to think about, you know, and just be careful that these things don't become the ultimate prop, like they can't go to sleep without them because that's kind of difficult. So if you're at the beginning end and you've got a really little one, um, don't use sleep props. I've, I've talked about that before. Um, whereas a dummy can be used for lots of other reasons other than a sleep prop. Okay. So just be aware that whatever you use as a prop for them to get to sleep, I've talked about this before that includes like rocking. It will be very hard to break that. So let's start with thumb sucking because this is one of those. It's really hard to break. Like I had no say over the fact that one of my, um, my, so what did my three kids do? Georgia had a dummy. Liam had a dummy. And then uh, Ashton didn't want the dummy, but what he used to do is stick his two middle fingers backwards and in his mouth. It was the most uncomfortable looking thing, but that became a sleep prop through no fault of my own because he just like found his fingers as they do as a baby. And so it was a sleep prop for him. Um, And at first it was super convenient, right? Because it couldn't get lost or fall out like a dummy. Like my other two, I'd put their dummy in, Um, you know, they'd go to sleep. And then if it would fall out, it's like, well, they're a baby. They can't put it back in. Whereas Ashton would, you know, their fingers are attached. So it's easy to put them straight back in their mouth. It is always there to help soothe themselves back to sleep. So Ashton, it was great. He would wake up at one or two in the morning. He would just, and he slept through the night so quick. He'd just find his fingers, pop them in and off he'd go. But the problem is you can't take fingers away like you can a dummy. So what do we do? Okay. Um, Best advice that I've heard on this one is to try and stop them um, before the age of two, if you can. Now I did try to stop Ashton even sooner by swaddling him really tightly, but it didn't matter what I did. That, that little hand would find its way out and would pop out. So, um, what I used to do once he started to get to about the age of two, Uh, I made it a gradual process to try and stop him from sucking his thumb. And so I would limit it to only bedtime. So if I would see him putting his thumb in outside of bedtime, like, you know, he might watching the, uh, he might pop it in watching the TV or he would, you know, sit in the car, but it was wake time. I would then gently remind him and gently pull his fingers out of his mouth. And I would say to him, you know, just playfully, no, Um, that's for sleep time. You're a big boy. That's only for nine nights. I remember saying that a lot. That's only for nine nights. And he would always kind of giggle. And then two minutes later, I'd turn around and, and it'd be back in his mouth again. And so I would do it again. Another thing that they suggest that you can do is maybe then give them something else to do with their hands so they're less likely to return it. Give them something to play with, put a toy in their hands. Um, so, I had done this process with Ashton for quite a while and I just thought, man, I'm never going to get this kid from stopping sucking his fingers. I'll tell you what fixed it, but guys, you're going to laugh at this because this was completely accidental. He fell off of a, um, off of like a little, it wasn't a monkey bar. We were at new farm and he'd climbed up this tree. It wasn't even far off the ground. Like I'd say a meter off the ground. He fell off. I could hear this almighty cry. He broke his arm and he broke his arm of the hand that he puts his fingers in his mouth. So when he had the cast on his hand, on his arm, he couldn't put his fingers in his mouth and it literally cured him. So guys, I know I'm no, I am no help to you. (laughs) So anyway, but 
if you can stop it earlier, do try a gradual process, remind them to take it out. Um, but majority of the time they say that children will stop on their own, but just keep gentle reminding. That's the best way. But let's talk about a dummy. We've got a little bit more say about a dummy because it's not attached to them. Now, of course, when they're very little, we use it for comfort. I mean, there's all sorts of reasons why colicky babies, um, <clears throat> they suck on a dummy and it helps their colic or you know, it might not be feed time yet. And so we give them a dummy to stop them from crying. But the need for the dummy reduces as they get older. And just remember what can start off as our friend can very quickly become our enemy. So like I know um, some babies that the mum or dad has constantly gone back in every time they've woken up and put the dummy back in to quickly hush them off to sleep, except now they've made a rod for their back. Their baby now needs that as a sleep prop and mum and dad are stuck with having to run into their room all night. So don't do that to yourself, okay? If the baby wakes up in the middle of the night or um, during a nap, um, then don't go running in, okay, to, to, to put the dummy back in. So that was a good practice that Cameron and I did right from the start, that while our babies were very little, even though we put it in when they originally went to sleep, once it fell out, that was it. We didn't put it back in for the rest of the night. We didn't go in for that. They had to learn to soothe themselves back to sleep. Now, the thing with the dummy is the older they are, the, um, and, and still using it, the harder it is to break. So what age is a good age? Look, you really need to decide that for yourself, um, what age to take the dummy away. But just remember, the older they are, the harder it will become. So I've read books that say, take it away between six and eight months. I know for me, we left it until they were two. And that was probably my fault because I was like, oh, they need it. They're so cute. And they suck the dummy, you know, the whole, I couldn't let go. I did that. And so Cameron was like, no, that's it. By the time that they're two, um, we're going to um, wean them off the dummy. Okay. So you decide what age is best. Um, I would suggest don't go past the age of two because it can actually have some other ramifications, which I'll talk about in a moment, but you decide, but just remember the older they are, the harder it is. Okay. So just don't let the reason be that you keep allowing it, that you think it's cute and you don't want to part with it. Or the second reason not to take, not take it away is if your child kicks up an absolute stink when you try and take it away and you give in to your child. Okay. Cause like I always say, you're the boss, you're the parent. All right. So we decided that our kids would no longer use it at the age of two. So what did we do? How did we approach it? Now, like I said, Cameron was a bit stronger on this. So whichever is the stronger, more resolved parent, maybe you take the lead. So for me, Cameron had to take the lead. And look, here's a couple of tips. Some people get really creative and they do the slow process, right? Like they say things like, the fairies need them. I mean, I know people that collected the dummies and pretended to send them off in the mail. Or um, uh, I, I remember a, a friend years ago, they went and put them in the garden. Now, really, mum and dad then went and took the dummy, but they said the fairies took them away. I didn't do any of that. I didn't do anything creative. For some reason, I thought that felt like that was lying, <laughs> which is weird because, hello, I'm the parent that also wrote notes from the food, from the tooth fairy. So it's not, yeah, anyway, I don't know why I thought it was lying, but I just was like, no. Um, so don't take my word on that one. Go for it. Be creative if you want to be creative. Um, the other one, the other way is just to go cold turkey. 
And that's what we did. We just said to our kids straight out, you're a big boy, you're a big girl, you don't need it anymore. And Cameron was brutal. He put them in the bin and then because he knows me, he went and tied the bin up, like the the bin out, uh, up like the kitchen bin, tied it up and put it outside in the outside bin so that I wouldn't go (laughs) and get it because knowing me, I probably would have in the middle of the night. So he had the more resolve and he also showed her, he was just very honest. He goes, you don't need it anymore. And she, she was such a sweetie. She was very easy to train. Um, So, but what I did before we got to that point though, we did go cold turkey, but we did, we did do the gradual approach of, I only allowed it for sleep. Okay. So I didn't let her just suck on it all day long. So if your child has it for any other reason than for sleep, start there. Okay. So, um, but she already wasn't doing that. She only had it for sleep time. So then we went cold turkey, dummy went in the bin. She never complained, but she did take a couple of nights to um, to settle herself and get to sleep. It took her a while. So just remember when you make a decision, guys, follow through, okay? Even if they cry, don't give in. Whoever the stronger parent is, take the lead on it. That will really help. Okay, what about blankets? So we've done thumb sucking. I was no help there. We did um, we did dummies. What about blankets? Um I know I've had a, one of my uh, nephews who had a blanket that he loved, literally dragged that thing around everywhere. Um, look, I, I probably feel like blankets aren't quite as bad as a dummy. I think if you've got like a three or four year old walking around with a dummy, it probably looks a little bit more babyish than a blanket. I don't know. Do you disagree with me? Maybe you do. I'm not hard and fast on it. I'm probably just not so, um, yeah, I'm probably not so worried about a blanket. I don't I don't know why. Maybe because of the social aspect, which I did want to address as well. But again, being a prop, being, being a comfort, I still would limit it to sleep. So I know when my nephew used to drag the blanket around, I know my mother-in-law would always be like, nope, go and put it away. She was pretty hardcore. Um, and so again, anything like that, as they're getting older, just limit it to their to their beds to sleep time is probably a good idea. Because um, I guess the question is, why would a four-year-old need the comfort of dragging a blanket around all day? Look, there could be a good reason. Um, but our job, remember, if we really think about that scenario, again, our job is to help our children move forward. It's to help teach them that they're growing up and they don't need these things anymore. So I would think of it like that. So something to consider with all three of these is the social aspect, which I mentioned a little bit before. So if your child is like three or four and walking around sucking a dummy or walking around with a blanket a lot, other children will notice um, because there is a time when it starts to become inappropriate and too babyish and other kids, they know. And uh, it's not helping your child to grow up. It doesn't help them to, you know, be on the same playing field as the other kids and to make friends because the other children will most likely see them as a bit of a baby, more of a baby. And so from a social aspect, I think it's a good idea to uh, to help them to move towards healthy development. The other thing that you can do uh, in that case is to point out other friends or other family members as role models, like, you know, look at your cousin, 
look at your cousin, Sarah. She's a big girl now like you and she doesn't have a blanket or, you know, whatever it is, but point out other, other children for them for role models. And the final thing guys to consider, uh, on, on these comfort items like dummies, blankets, and thumb sucking is actually the physical ramifications. Um, I know that they say that dummies can interfere with the dental development as can thumb sucking as well, because you're, you're pushing their uh, thumb sucking and dummies. It changes, well, their tongue for starters. People don't realize how much the tongue has to do with speech development. And also if you've got like a two-year-old who's trying to learn to talk and they start talking with a dummy in their mouth or a thumb in their mouth, it's not good for their speech development. So that's another reason to limit it at least to bedtime so that they're not talking with their dummy or their fingers in their mouth. I would always say that to my kids, even when they were very, very little and they started to talk, um, you know, I would take the dummy out and say, mommy can't hear you. Don't talk with your dummy. Um, and obviously I'm talking very little, like just over the age of one when they start to say words. So there you go. Um, so I hope that, um, helped you. It probably gave you more of a laugh, especially about the thumb sucking one. Um, because of course that's no solution having your child break their arm. But anyway, it did help me. I must say, I was like, I don't know. I was thinking of doing, um, I've heard about that nail polish. Have you guys heard about that? You can, apparently there's this nail polish that tastes really awful that you can put on their thumbs to stop them or their fingers. I was almost considering that, but then he broke his arm and I didn't have to worry. Um, guys, if you've got any tips or tricks or, or creative ideas on what you did that worked really well, let me know. Come into my uh, Instagram, girlnextdoor.podcast and let me know so that I can share them. And anyway, meanwhile, I've had a few of you ask me to do particular topics, so I can't wait to dive into those for you guys because I love to hear from you about what you would like to hear about. So if that's the case, again, girlnextdoor.podcast. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Have the most wonderful, wonderful week. I will see you on Wednesday, and I think I'm going to share with you my puppy news. I'm really excited. All right, guys. I love you all. Bye.